Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Dad Space. It's Dave. Nice to have you here. Today, we're going to talk a little Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my guest hosts a podcast about Bruce Springsteen. And uh, we're going to get talk about that. Jesse Jackson is here from Texas. Yeehaw. Great to have Jesse with us. We're going to be talking about the joy and challenges of having an adult friendship with your child. Hmm. That's what I'm doing right now. So this is good. I've got lots to learn. I got my pen, my paper. Let's go. I've got a coffee. I'm ready to go. Here with Jesse Jackson here on the Dad Space Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. Okay, welcome to Dad Space. I have another dad with me. Yes. And this dad is from the big skies of Texas. And uh, we're going to be talking about um, all things dad here on Dad Space. And I'm really excited to have my guest, Jesse Jackson, is here with me. And we're going to be having a great conversation. Welcome, Jesse. Nice to have you here on the podcast. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Always good to hang out with another dad. Uh, It is, um, you know, I... When we had our first child, my wife and I talked about that one thing about being a parent, it kind of cuts across all social and economic boundaries. If you're in a room with anyone, if they have a child and you have a child, you find something to talk about in common. Right. And if you're listening to this and you're like, Dave, Jesse sounds like an expert podcaster. Well, you're right. He is. And it's so great to have you on. Jesse, can you talk a little bit about your podcast? Because you're getting close to a milestone, and I'd love to celebrate I sh- that. I sure can. Uh, so I, I I am a host and co-host of multiple podca- podcasts. My wife would probably tell you too many. Uh, but the big one we're talking about, uh, Dave and I talked a little bit before we hit recorded. Um, I do a Bruce Springsteen fan podcast. It's called Set Lusting Bruce. <laughs> um, and it is, I, I started this in 2015, uh, set lusting is when you are following a Bruce Springsteen show on social media that you're not attending and he plays a song you wish you were there to hear instead of set listing, you start becoming uh-huh. set lusting. So that's where that name came from. And I am close to 1000 episodes. Wow. Uh, so over seven years, uh, close to a thousand episodes of, and most of them are just me and another Springsteen fan talking about Bruce, uh, talking about Bruce's music. I do B side episodes, Dave. So let's say you're a big fan of The Clash or U2 or, um, you know, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, I will have you come in and you'll share how their music helped you the same way that Bruce's music has helped me. And so I call those my B-side episodes for thus old enough to remember a 45. You had an A-side and a B-side. So uh, it is developed. One of the nicest compliments I got is someone said, it's no longer a Bruce Springsteen podcast. It's a podcast talk about where you talk to interesting people where the host happens to be obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) I love it. It's amazing because yeah, like what an amazing artist to cover a number one. That's, He's such an amazing 
musician and the band. I just can't like to go that long for a concert. If you've ever seen any Bruce Springsteen show, the length of a concert and they just keep going and going and going. It's just, he puts everything out every time he hits the stage. And I love, I love it. Yeah. Um, currently the core band, uh, the E street band, um, probably he is 73. Wow. Most of the other band members are in their seventies as well. Uh, right now he is on tour, um, uh, promoting, um, letter to you, which was his last studio album. He did a covers album of only the strong, which is him covering some soul classics. Um, but, um, the show's running about two hours and 45 minutes on average. So at 73, I can't stand, I am 63. I can't stand 10 minutes without looking for a chair. I can't imagine sitting, performing for two hours and 45 minutes um, every like third night. I watched him throw his guitar backstage at near the end of a song. And usually there's someone there to catch it. And this time there wasn't. And you could see the hurt look on his face like, Oh my yes. Gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oops, that's not that's not good. Which is a perfect segue. Um so in 2016, I took my adult son. Um so he was born in 89, so he's in his 20s, right? To his uh first Bruce Springsteen show in Oklahoma City. Mm. We drove up together. The only reason he went is to spend time with the old man. Um <laughs> So he goes to the tour, and when we get out, I ask, do you want to go get something to drink? Do you want to go to a bar somewhere? He says, no, I I think i just afraid to go to the hotel, which was unusual. And then we got up that morning, and we're driving back to Dallas from Oklahoma City, a few-hour drive. And he starts talking about the Bruce show. And he said, first off, Bruce doesn't waste time. Like, you've got to be ready. The moment one song ends, he start counting down the next one. Mm-hmm. It, and so if you don't, if you lose your place, you're in trouble. And secondly, I wish the Dallas Cowboy receivers could catch as well as Bruce Springsteen's guitar tech. Because go. he throws that guitar. And so Bruce says, I think we, you know, let's hire that guy as a receivers coach because my <laughs> Cowboys are not c- catching their football as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that, yeah. What a great moment too, for you guys to do that together. That's, that's really cool. Cause there's something you're passionate about and for your son to come along for that and experience that with you through your yeah. eyes. That's one thing I love. And I've had people on recently just talking about legacy as a father and what we pass down to our kids and, what lives on in our in our family, um, and I just love the the idea of you sharing your legacy through podcasting with us, but then also having that moment with your son. That's it's amazing. It's a good memory. So this last summer, I returned the favor. Um, so way back, gosh, I can't remember now. Someone who's a wrestling fan will is yelling at me, but it was uh, it was WrestleMania down in Houston, Texas. Uh, it was still the Astrodome. Uh, the Rock and Stone Cold Austin was the headliner. Many people say it's one of the best WrestleManias of all time. My son was in the eighth grade at the time, seventh, eighth grade. And 
he was a huge wrestling fan. And when he saw Dallas to Houston, three, four hour ride, he saw it was going to be that close. He's like, I'd do anything to go to WrestleMania, anything to go to WrestleMania. And so I said, okay, tell you what, you get straight A's. I will take you to WrestleMania. Wow. So then being the kind of dad I am, I immediately ordered us tickets for him. Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go. Um, but he did get the straight A's. And so we drove, and that is a memory he brings out all the time. Key forward 10, 15 years later, last summer, WrestleMania was here in Dallas at Jerry World, the where the Cowboys play, and he bought tickets. He would not let me pay for anything. Uh, I forced him finally at the gig to you know buy con- my round of concessions uh but he he went to wrestlemania and i'm watching his passion through his eyes mm, and i had a blast because you know one of the things we're going to talk about as a parent is um you know you go through cycles they're a baby you're overprotective they become a toddler, a youngster. They think you're a hero. Yep. You hit adolescence. They think you're an idiot. Yep. And then about in the middle 20s, maybe early 20s, all of a sudden he's, he or she starts respecting you. And then you reach a point where, okay, you're now adults and there is a different relationship. There is a friendship, but also... You never totally lose that parent-child relationship. Yeah, but it is. I think if it's healthy, you you change through each phase. Yeah, and you grow. And I think the one thing I see too is there's some respect that happens. There's respect from right. your child to you when they realize how hard life is. Right. It's like, oh, now I get it. I kind of understand why you work so hard or why you were away or, you know, maybe I, when I was small, I didn't get it. Now I get it. So there's respect coming from your child to you as a parent, but then there's also respect from parent to child, which is yeah, unique. Um, yeah. One of the things I, I recommend to your listeners, even if you're not a Springsteen fan, go, um, go find a YouTube clip of in 2016, him doing independence day live. Um, Independence Day is a song that's off the river, and he wrote it about his relationship with his father. Hmm. You know, and one of the lines are, I'm not going to let them do to me what they did to you. Yeah. And he tells the story of it is, before he sings the song, that it's the story of a father and a son loving each other, but just don't know how to show it. Hmm. And um, what I found very powerful is he wrote this when he was in the 20s, and then he's in his 60s in 2016. He's actually older than the father is in that song. And he is now singing this song from, he wrote it as a young man, thinking the perspective of me to my older father, and now that as an artist, he's singing as the older father knowing that perspective of what life has done to you mm. and how it changed. 
So yeah, um, that's your homework, listeners. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, and uh, setlessthingbruce at gmail dot com. You can send me your thoughts on it. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, there you go. See, he's creating content as we create content. This is awesome. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Um, it's okay. So looking at your relationship with your son, with your adult children. Yeah. Um, you you brought up the topic, and I'm so glad you did because I would love to go down this path with you together. Again, I have three children. They're all adults out of the house so just my wife and i home right now and we have all their stuff around us yeah. <laughs> um, so we charge our kids admission to come home like a museum right yes. that way we can pay for all the space that they're taking up in my house um but the, the one thing i guess i struggle with as an empty nester is when my when the family is young when you go to bed at night everyone's under one roof you kind of know where everybody is. You have a little, you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on at school or in their life. And again, as they go into teenage years, that kind of gets stretched a little bit. But for the most part, as a parent, you have this sense of completion that everyone's here. We're all safe. We're all under one roof. We should lock the doors, go to bed, and you feel comfort in that. And now as a empty nesting dad, there's that, there's this, that's missing. For me, is that sense of security? Like again, I don't know. Have my kids had lunch today? I have my kids. Did they go to work? I don't know. Like, I don't. I'm missing out on some of that day to day stuff. And how did how did you kind of respond to that when you know the house got a little quiet as the kids went off and did their thing? I did better with it than my wife did. Mm-hmm. My wife really struggled when. When Chris went away to college, um, he he moved. He went to a college called Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches, Texas, about three three and a half hour drive from our house. So it was close enough we could get there if there was an emergency, but far away enough that he wasn't coming home every weekend, yeah. right? And so she would just be petrified if she didn't hear from him. And I reminded her uh, that, remember when we moved from Lake Charles, Louisiana, to Dallas, Texas, if we went two weeks without calling your parents, they would be freaking out when we called them, oh, you're okay, we thought you're dead. And remember Mm -hmm. how you rolled your eyes and you were so unhappy with your mother? And she goes, well, I now understand them. Mm. <laughs> they were right i was wrong um so her and chris came up with a plan that at 10 a.m every friday no matter what was going on he stopped and called her mm. so that and and you know and if, if something if he had a class or something they'd adjust but every friday morning he checked in with her nice. and that was enough for her to okay she goes, every other time, I'm sure he's either in mass or the library. That's right. He's either in church, he's sleeping in his dorm, or he's in the library studying. Um, there is that fear because you're only as comfortable as, your. what did someone say? You're only as happy as your unhappiest child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you hear your child is, Hey, I'm meeting a bunch of buddies after work for happy hour. 
it is hard not to say, okay, if you drink too much, get an Uber. Yeah. You need, you know, you know, you know, you know, you can, you can drink water at happy hour. You can, you know, um, because with the teenager, right, you had that. If you yeah. drink too much, we, we, you know, the, the whole mothers against drunk driving and, you know, this whole, I promise you, I promise you, I will not yell at you that night. Um, and I had a, a road to Damascus moment. Uh, hmm. It was my son's birthday. It was his 25th birthday. He and his best friend and I had all gone to a movie. Then we had gone to a bar. And it's like one or two in the morning. And he and Colin were texting some friends to join us. And I'm like, no, no, I, I am old. It is 1 a.m. <laughs> we need to go yeah. home. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we don't want to go home. Like, look, I can't leave you here by yourself because I had driven. Yeah. You know, you you guys have been drinking. I, you know, I I can't go home and tell your mother that I left you in a bar without getting you safe home. And Chris looked at me, Dave, and all of a sudden it's like he had not been drinking at all and said, Dad, I am 25 years old. You have to trust that I can get myself home. Hmm. And I went, wow, you're right. <laughs> yeah. He's not a 16 year old. Yeah. Right. I, I got, you know, I got married when I was 25. Now I will tell you, I put 40 bucks from my checking account into his and said, this is not for money drinking. This is for an Uber ride home. Hmm. Promise me, no, yeah, Dad. I said because I want to make sure yeah. you have money to get home. But that was an epiphany that all of a sudden I have to change my perspective of, and I'll always continue to worry, but I have to let him make those decisions as an adult. Yeah, yeah, and it's very hard to ground somebody. Who doesn't live in your house? Yes, <laughs> you know you, there's yeah, no exactly. there's no leverage there anymore. You know, no. if you do this, this is going to happen. Uh, you can do whatever yeah. you want, and there's no recourse from me. Just maybe some wisdom about hey, if you drive and you've been drinking, you're going to be having some problems. Just so you know, right. right? Like adult to adult now. Let's talk. So yeah, I love that you still you still did the dad thing and helped with the finances to get home. Yeah. So you still showed up as dad, but you also left space for two adults to have a conversation. So that's that's good. I like that. You know, and the other thing that I'd I'd urge dads as they their child grows older is sometimes you're going to flip the the table. And I don't mean the cliche of, oh, you have to have your your son or daughter program your computer or your mm -hmm. remote because, you know, some the cliche of us people not being technology but um i have a very set mentality i tend to be very passive and very giving in, in my work life i tend to apologize a lot you know always looking for a, a way to get along and you know chris 
would say a couple of times, well, that's how you would do it, Dad, but that's not how I would do it. I'm going to be a little more aggressive. I'm going to push back a little bit more because I think I don't want him to take advantage of me. And there are a couple of times where I will go to him and go, okay, my, my gut instinct is to give in. Give me the other side. Tell me why, uh, you know, and he says, you're never a jerk, dad. And that's a good thing. As my dad, I love you were never a jerk. But sometimes if you're the only person at work who isn't being a jerk, you're getting taken advantage of. So let's mm. talk about that. And so, um, Dave, that is really mind. It is gives you a fresh perspective when you start. Your your child is asking for advice, but then you can ask them advice as well. Yeah, because they have been in the work life from a different perspective. Yeah. They have had a different, you know, and, and, and that is very rewarding and satisfying. It's a, it's a power dynamic shift, right? There's this, yes, there's a, there's a, there's an acknowledgement of them and what they've learned and who they are as people. Right. And I think yeah. if you don't allow that to happen, you're ro robbing of them of the opportunity to be an adult and be responsible. They're obviously going to make mistakes because we made mistakes even as dads when our kids were small. Nobody yeah. was there holding our hand on day one saying, okay, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. You walk out of the hospital with a baby in a carriage, there's a little holder, and you're like, nobody follows you home. And you're like, oh my gosh, like really? Nobody's coming with me? No, 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 go. Have a good, you're, you're good. Yeah. You're, you're not good. even going to check, gonna right? You're not going to check on me? Nope. You're good. Yeah. And it is it is scary at times, um, you know. And I got advice um, where I had a mentor who said, "Jesse, you're looking for the right answer, and sometimes there is no right answer. There is just a choice, right? Like this isn't a video game that if you put in." the right moves or you type in the right command, it's going to be right. All you can do is say, okay, here is what, given all the facts I know, yeah. here I think is what the right decision is at this point. And then I was quick to, if I was wrong, to tell Chris, which is my son's name, if I was incorrect. Um, and then you know, the other advice I give to parents or um, couples is um, the I told you so is counterproductive. Mm. If you have a complaint, like if you say, I don't think he should go to the party and then you, you guys decide together, okay, he can go to the party and then something happens bad. You can't say, well, I, to I knew he shouldn't gone back. No, no, no. The time to have said that is before we made the decision. Yeah. Once we make the decision, we can, you know, go forward and join, you know. So um, that has given us um, a lot of satisfaction because it 
second guessing Monday morning quarterbacking is fun if you're following your sports team, mm-hmm. but it's not good in a relationship or raising kids. Very good point. I love that. And it's the yeah. un- unsolicited advice is the other thing where um, like when your children are younger, they're looking to you for direction. They're looking for you to the next thing. And how do I do this? How do I do that? And they come to you when your children become adults. They don't come to you as much because they're trying to figure stuff out. And they're like I said, they're going to make their own way. And I just wish I miss the days of having the platform of being dad and having the answers to math homework and girls and finding my first job and having those answers for my kids. And now they don't come to me for those answers anymore. So there's a little bit of a gap there. And jumping back to your wife, kind of her response to your son going off to school, I found for in our family, all of our changes happened during COVID where our kids had to make a choice whether to be home in our family bubble or be off with their friends and their relationships. And they, COVID really kind of made them jump out of the house sooner. So it was even harder for us. But I think my wife... In the transition from being a parent to being an empty nesting parent, she lost her, her routine. She lost being the center of the universe for our family. And for me, I saw it more as a freedom where we gain some time now. Hey, we can go, the two of us, we can go to a movie together. We can do stuff because we're free of our parental responsibilities. There's nobody here. So I was celebrating. She was, She was saddened by it. And I think that's the one thing to be aware of as a father is just keep that in mind that your spouse might not be having the same reaction to this big life change that you are. Yeah, we run into that a little bit. Um, Chris moved out right at the end of COVID and, you know, got his own place. Um, And, you know, he's, done this a couple of times and so for that couple of years he wasn't living with us you know he would come home almost every football weekend you know during the NFL season he'd come over on Friday stay till Sunday after the Cowboy game usually wouldn't go home till Monday and um, you know it took a little bit of adjustment because you know, Linda's like, oh, it's the boy. We'll watch whatever he wants to watch on TV. We'll eat whatever he wants to eat because it's the boy and he's visiting. And I'm like, it isn't like he's visiting every six months. He's here every weekend, <laughs> right? So I I may not want to eat what he wants to eat. I may not want to watch TV what he wants to watch. And I, you know, and Chris will joke every once in a while, well, you can't miss me if I'm not gone, so I'm going to skip this weekend. Um, And so um, he made the decision he wants to buy a house. And so he reached out to both Linda and I and said, okay, here's the deal. My my lease is up on my apartment. I've lived in downtown for the past couple of years. I've scratched that itch. It is not what I thought it was going to be. I want to buy a house or a condo with a yard for his dog. And so 
I want to move back in, but let's negotiate. How much am I going to pay you in rent? I will pay half, you know, groceries. But my point is I'm going to be saving money to go buy a house. And so we agreed. We agreed with a budget. We agreed. And, you know, and I jokingly told him, you know, I would charge you more if I see you blowing all your money on beer mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, being crazy. But if I see you're doing what you're supposed to do to build a house, then come on and let's do that. So, and, and he is a good um, housemate. It was, as you talked about during COVID, you know, he was locked in cause he was working from home. I was locked in working from home and poor Linda stuck in the bedroom because, you know, I'm in the living room on the computer talking. He's in the computer room talking and Linda's like, I can't leave the bedroom or else I'll be on one of y'all's contrails. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay. So what, from your point of view, there's a dad listening. Their kids are late teens. Um, they're getting their way through high school. College is looming. There's a change coming. Right. With your perspective and your hindsight, what would you say to a dad who's listening to our conversation going, oh, my gosh, my kids are getting to that age and I don't feel prepared? What kind of direction would you give to them as they think towards the future? Um, This, too, will pass. (laughs) Um, It is going to be. And the other thing. It is in the DNA. The they are trying to figure out who they are and there are certain behaviors that while frustrating are healthy because they're making mistakes um you know very early in chris's childhood we had a pediatrician who gave us the strong-willed child uh book and there's a lot about uh dr dobson that i don't agree with um politically Mm -hmm. but the core group of you have to set expectations and then hold them accountable. They have to know what the boundaries are and then hold them accountable to hitting those boundaries. So we got very quickly. Um, Chris still talks about, you know, he's 33 and he says, you know, I remember when I was 15, you said, I don't respect someone who doesn't have a job. And, you know, he said, that shook me. And Mm. so since then, he's always had a part-time job. Um, The, you know, set the boundaries of, uh, you know, here is what I expect you. Here is, here is the curfew. And let's discuss why I'm holding it. They're going to be, they don't want the rules. um, But, you know, I believe in communication. Um, You're going to lose your temper. Every time I lost my temper, when I calmed down, I apologized to my child. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled. I, that was wrong of me. I still believe what I believe, but I should have been able to say it without losing my temper. Um, and sometimes they'll come back and, hey, I appreciate it. Other times they're just going to give a huh. And, uh, you know, keep that communication going one way or another. And understand that try to find what they love to get engaged with them, right? If it's Metallica or video games or, 
you know, whatever they seem to love, you know, be involved with it as much as you can so that they know you're a safe place to visit and they'll want to talk to you. That's my, you know, communication, 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 setting expectations and just trying to be there so they know. Um, you know, the other thing that I do a lot, Dave, is I set up a safe space. Like I will say, hey, okay, Chris, if you want to talk about this, I I promise I will just listen and only give you advice if you want it, mm. right? And and just want to talk through this out because, right, Dave, I mean, you just talked about that. Yeah. I want to tell them, hey, you know, you you should drink and drive. You shouldn't do this. You know, don't get a don't get a ten thousand dollar credit card and charge it up because now it's going to take you 15 years to pay that off right you have to give them their space but you want to make it there if they they can talk to you and keep it going did any of that make sense yeah I feel like i rambled <clears throat> no and so the one thing i would suggest to any dad is start a podcast and you're like wait a minute what are you talking about um the reason why i would say that and i'm joking a little bit but if you start a podcast and you interview people, you will learn the art of active listening where you don't talk over people, you don't cut them off mid-sentence, you let people complete their thought, and you listen. You put your phone down, you focus on your guest, you focus on the conversation you're having. We're doing it here, right? I'm not jumping over you as you're talking. You're doing the same thing back to me. You need to demonstrate that for your kids. Yes. Right. You need to be able to let them talk without butting in, without speaking over them, without being that, without having to, to demonstrate your authority, your opinion, your judgment, your praise, whatever. You need to give them the ability to speak as adults. And I think that, so I'm saying in a podcast setting, Having a podcast makes you learn how to do that and develop that muscle that you might not do in any other relationship or work environment or stage in your life. It helps with your your spouse, your partner, and all that. It really does help create a space where you can build that active listening. So I jokingly say, go start a podcast. Podcast about whatever you want, but just learn the art of active listening as a result. I do. I do think that is, and, and also it is easy to do the judgment and comparison. Um, you know, people will talk about how gifted their child is or how their child is doing this and this. And you look at your child and go, really, I'm not doing that. Understand that one, they may be lying or embellishing. And two, look for what your child does really well. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story. We were in New York City. My wife worked for a company that was based out of there. And we had gone to New York for her a meeting. And there we were, Chris and I tagged along. And um, we were trying to get a cab and someone jumped in front of us. And just stole the cab. And you could see Chris was like shocked. Like, I don't know the world works this way. What? Mm. This is crazy. 
And so we were um, we were at a steakhouse, and um, there was a cab there, and Chris, we went to him, and he goes, no, 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 you know, I'm off duty. And Chris goes, which way is home, though, for you? Because we're at this hotel. Is there any chance your drive home is in that direction? And the cabbie goes, yeah, actually it is. Get in. I'll take you there. And I looked over at Linda and I said, okay, he's 16. He's figured out how to work a cab in New York. He's going to be fine. He may never make straight A's again. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, he, he, he got his four year degree. He, he never was consistently, you know, he, you know, was mediocre at best, but I see the real world of that experiences. And I saw that gift. Uh, Chris was kind to people. Mm. Chris is kind to people. Chris is very understanding and forgiving. And so I, I, that's the other thing is, we sometimes don't take time to notice what our childs have versus what they don't have. They are mm-hmm. not straight A students. They're not a, a gifted athlete, but you know, if they're kind to each other, that's even better than any of that. And that comes back to years of being under your roof, seeing you as a father, as a parent, making mental notes, picking what they like and what they might do differently than you. But you've been on display on that platform since the day you came home with Chris, who can't, who couldn't take care of himself at that stage, right? You've been there every day Absolutely. as dad. And I think that's the one thing is that your kids will come back. So speaking to that father that is getting close to their kids leaving, they will come back. Give yes. them some space. They will come back. Um, you would want them to come back sooner and be actively calling you and texting you and telling you about their day. And that's not going to happen at the beginning. They're going to want some space. And that hurts as a dad, because all you want is the best for your kids. You still want to be that influence and that, that impact in their life. But when it's not required as as it was when they were at home, that stings a little. So, they are going to come back, but you're still on display, even though they're not under your roof. You're just on display in a different way. So don't let down yeah. your don't let down your uh, your guard and think that you can act differently than you have, because they're still watching you for inspiration and for advice, even if they're not asking. Well said. Well said, my friend. Perfect. Yeah. So anything, Jesse, that you would. You would, as you look back, you're like, you know what? I think I could have done better in this part. And I wish I had a second chance. Is there anything you're just like, "Mm, I could have done that a little bit better? So I, I think sometimes we may have been a little too strict at times. Okay. But at other times, I'm not sure. Um, you know, overall, I, I think it's good. Um, you know, I, I think that all the work comes back worth it when when your adult child says, well, I want to hang out with mom and dad. Yeah. You know, I, I want to spend time with them. Um, 
and so I, I think um, if you are trying to make your decisions on keeping your child safe and helping them to grow into someone society can be proud of, you're going to make mistakes. But if that is your goal, if that is your where your heart is, ultimately, I think you'll make the right decisions. And I think from my my point of view, the thing I would say is your kids are going to come to you with some pretty big life decisions in the future. Just understand that they've put some thought into this more than you know. And when they come to you, they've already have an idea of how you're going to respond. And it might not be the best situation and they're gearing themselves up for your response, thinking you're going to go one way. And I would suggest that when you are faced... <clears throat> Excuse me, when you're faced with something that's a big, a big life choice, a big decision, might go against your your beliefs or might go against your plan for them, is to guard your words, guard your thoughts, and don't overreact and don't don't react so quickly that you don't you get ahead of your words. So I've given you an example. I like my kids would come to me and they would tell me something that they're planning on doing, whether it's leaving home or moving out or a relationship that were like, eh, in that moment, if I, if I gave my, my knee jerk reaction to their statement, I could have hurt them. So I could remember myself saying to myself in that moment, Dave, just wait, be quiet. Don't talk. And I'm just like, Oh, but I want to say, I want to be the dad. I want to, mm. and I'm like, no, just wait. And in that silence of, them looking at me like, what's he going to do? Um, I was able to zig when they thought I was going to zag because I had time to think. And that was a hard thing to do because I had to get off the dad platform and allow someone else to climb up on that platform in that moment as two adults talking. And that was so hard. And again, no one was there to show me how to do that in the moment. But I just yep. knew that my words mattered in that moment. And I had to be very careful because that would be a memory for my kids in the future. With that time, I went to talk to dad about that tough topic that I knew they weren't going to be happy about. But my dad yeah. took time to collect his thoughts and have a conversation instead of being a dad. Yeah, well said. Well said, my friend. Good job. Really tough. <laughs> really tough. Yeah, it is. Right? Really tough. And yeah. scary. Everything all yeah. in one. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Um I, I, I remember once my my wife asked her best friend who had two daughters and they were both grown now. And Linda asked, When does it get easier? And she goes, Never. Because you're worried about them in junior high, you're worried about them in high school, you're worried about a college, and then when they're adults, you start worrying about, are they going to find the right companion? Are their children going to be okay? Are they doing the right things? He says, you never stop worrying about your kids. Right. And it is, I think that's in the DNA. And if you're listening to this and your dad is still with you in your life, Great. I've lost my dad many years ago. I don't get those phone calls on my phone where it says dad calling. And that makes me sad. Yeah. 
But if you do yeah. have a dad out there and you're listening to this, call them. Amen. Because there's silence at home and they would love to see your name on their phone. And if you're a dad, call your kids. Text them. Send them an email. Do something. But just yeah. let them know that you're thinking about them today. Because it's going to mean so much to them that a dad took time to say hello or how are you checking in love you just thinking of you and then the same reverse from kid to parent do the same thing for your dad today i think that'll mean a lot so jesse thank you for being part of dad space thank you for for sharing today and, and again we want everyone to go check out your podcast uh es especially if you love music and bruce springsteen what a combo right there um, but go and check out Jesse's podcast. We have links in the show notes. And um, the thousandth episode is coming up, which is so exciting. Any big plans for 1,000? You got to have something cooking. I, I do have something. I, I don't want to jinx it. Okay. Um, it's not going to be Bruce. Well, that would be awesome, yeah. Uh, that would be awesome. But I do have uh, uh, something that, I, if it comes through, I think it'll be very worth the thousandth episode. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be listening. We'll be listening. All Thank right. you for being part of Dad Space. You're going to come back. We're going to talk music. Yes. Um, that'll be fun, too. We're going to have you on the Add to My Playlist podcast. And maybe we'll share our favorite Bruce Springsteen songs and talk about why they're so meaningful to us. So we'll do Absolutely. that in the future. That'd be great to have you on for that. Yeah, and we're going to have you on Set Lessing, Bruce, and we're going to talk a, a little bit about music on that one, too. So sounds great. Keep watching the uh, podcast feeds. And if you ever throw your guitar off stage, make sure there's somebody to catch it. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jesse. Great to have you here. Thank you, listeners. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening to Dad Space today. Go check us out on all of our social media, YouTube, all that great stuff. You can find us as Dad Space Podcast. Real simple. Dad Space Podcast, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, even YouTube. Email us dadspacepodcast at gmail.com we're always looking for great guests to come on the podcast if you have any feedback for us let us know here at Dad Space looking forward to connecting with you on the next episode right here of Dad Space follow us on your podcast app for more cheers to you dad thank you